another Jags podcast. This is episode 110. We're super excited to be here with you guys. I'm joined here with Joey. Joey, how's it going? Pretty good, man. Glad to be here as usual. What a great week to do podcasts. So much news, so much information going on that I would mean we always talk about there's no information in the offseason, but not today. Today is a good day for sure. So before we get into what we're talking about today, make sure you follow us on all of our social media outlets. Twitter, we're pretty popular on Twitter. We're at Another Jags Pod. Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Another Jags Podcast. YouTube, search us up on YouTube. We have a YouTube channel that you can watch Joey and me um, do our episodes live. Well, we, we record them, but we record them live. Absolutely. You can check us out in our studio, which uh, the Matt Jones jersey in the background. I love it right behind me. And I will say, like, we're not going to talk about Corona. We're going to be positive, Absolutely. as positive as we can, life-wise, but I will say one thing about it. If you are social distancing yourself, there's nothing better to do than listen to a Jax podcast. I really can't think of anything better to do with your yeah, time. It's perfect. I mean, what else are you going to do? I mean, there's nothing on TV, right? There's no sport, so... That's why we're dedicated here. We are. To uh, give you some information that, that you may like, and that's why we want to get you the fans' response on most of the things that have happened. So we are going to, we're going to be using the fan comments from our Twitter. You can follow along with us on there, on our YouTube channel. We have it up. Um, but before we get into it, because we did ask you guys about your thoughts on the direction of the franchise, I want to ask Joey how he feels about uh, the mayor, big number 93, being traded. What were your thoughts when it happened and after it settled? How, do you, how are you feeling? Thoughts? I mean, I'm bummed because, again, he's a solid guy. And you know how I like dudes that are good locker room people, leaders, good on the field. But I mean, from a business standpoint and a going forward standpoint, I mean... They ate the whole contract, and we got a draft pick. I mean, you can't knock it. I mean, dude's older, 34, probably going to be injured a lot next year, at least the year after. He's definitely taking less snaps, and we got rid of all $17 million of the hit, so I, I, I can't say it's a bad thing. I mean, he's a guy that over the past two or three years has consistently been the, one of the best players on our team. Absolutely. So that's been... And one of the better guys. Very disappointing to see him gone. Uh... But, I mean, look, it's hard to justify why you would do that if you're not tanking. I understand the cap hit is, is big, but if you're in win-now mode, like, it's just crazy to me how, how these decisions that are being made. If, if we go any deeper, I'd have to, like, talk about other things and why I think they did it, but I'll put it this way. I don't like it from a, me liking a player guy, but uh, it was great from a business standpoint, and they should put him in the pride of the Jaguars tomorrow. Absolutely. I agree 100%. Um, I also want to get your, before we jump into Twitter comments, I do want to get your quick con uh, thoughts on Nick Foles because um, Adam Schefter um, had a tweet today, which was very interesting. Uh, very interesting. He says, uh, teams have approached Jacksonville about Nick Foles for weeks. To date, Jacksonville has been unwilling to trade him. It still feels that way, but never know what happens if another team gets aggressive. I think that's it. They're not getting aggressive. Uh, I think that we nobody's willing to eat his contract and they're going to want draft picks to take him off our hands if they do and we're not willing to do that i mean if we keep him it's three million dollars difference than if we get rid of him so i still think like we've said we've mentioned this multiple times in the past on different podcasts i think Foles comes in he's worth the three million extra to have on the team in case something happens to Minshew. 
and six, seven, eight, nine weeks into the season when a playoff contender has a quarterback go down, then we maximize the deal for him and he's gone. I like that strategy. Um, when I first read this tweet, um, that last line, but never know what happens if another team gets aggressive. That sounds like a line that was put out with information from an agent. Sure. This seems like Nick Foles' agent kind of leaked a little bit. That's probably who Schefter gets most of his info from. Yeah. His agent. I mean, absolutely. He probably said, hey, Adam, my <laughs> guy, can you drive up the price on Nick Foles? And he said, sure. So I think that's exactly what's happening. I think the, the value on Foles is being driven up. I think that's a good strategy on trading him midway through the season. But I think because this ball is already rolling, you'll see Foles get traded before the season starts. You think so? I mean, yeah. dude, we have to pay him a $5 million signing bonus this weekend. Yeah, but so if they're going to trade him, don't you think it'd be before this weekend? Um, yeah, I think it, it, it could be. Um, or if they get good draft picks out of him to compensate for the money lost, I think that could happen too. I mean, look, there's a lot of teams that are a Nick Foles away from probably contending. Like a, a veteran solid quarterback is very, very valuable. I mean, just look at what Ryan Tannehill just got. <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is nothing more than a solid veteran quarterback who you know won't turn the ball over. And that's kind of what you want out of Nick Foles. And Tannehill just got a $118 million contract. And good for Tannehill. Once again, my, my hero today because dude got paid for one season big and is his second big payday. And the guy is pedestrian at best if you average it out. Kind of like Foles. I mean, Foles has had a couple good seasons just like him. I mean, the only thing I've seen is that the Bears are kind of a legitimate contender for Foles, which doesn't make sense. I mean, you kind of got two Trubiskys on the team at that point, but it seems like they're making like a run for him, but that's kind of just hearsay. Yeah, and I think, like you said, a team like the Eagles, if, if Wentz doesn't show he can stay healthy, he could see him back in Philly. <laughs> they would love that. Absolutely. I mean, there's teams all over the place that you could see Nick Foles coming in and, and just trying to push them for a playoff push now that more teams are making the playoffs anyways. But it, it's really interesting. Um, I don't know how many teams are actually interested in Foles right now. Um, I think they're just trying to gauge the market, teams like the Bears, uh, teams that don't have a backup plan. Like, uh, Let's say a team like the Bears has a quarterback on their draft board that they like. If they don't get him, now they're just, they've done their due diligence on Nick Foles on what they can get him for. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you? You have to. You really have to. Um, don't really understand what's going on. It's hard to read what's going on with this front office and what they're trying to do. It really makes no sense. Um, and I think it makes a lot of sense. We'll get into that later. That's, but I mean, I, I mean, I think at this point, like two weeks ago, no, it didn't make sense. Right now, I think it makes a boatload of sense. All right, so tell us, Julie, what do you, you think is going on? Try to make sense of what's happening here. I think what's going on is that we're absolutely rebuilding and don't want to say we're rebuilding. I mean, we're going to have 11 starters on the team next year from the draft. That's the bottom line. We've made no decisions. We've traded off all of our, our talent. We've cleared the map for getting rid of Foles if we have to from a cap standpoint. I mean, that's been the entire call. I mean, we've got Marone coming back as a lame duck coach. I mean, everything says that we're tanking for next year. Yeah, I think you're right. It's just weird that a GM and a coach that are obviously in the last years of their deal are, are tanking. Like, are they doing all this for the next GM and coach to come in and and why would you do that? I think I think that's where you're wrong, though. I don't think the GM is going anywhere, unfortunately. I cannot believe that they would give Caldwell almost a decade with a team that has won 30 games in that season. He's span. obviously really good at selling himself behind the scenes. Yeah. And honestly, he's going to have to hit on 
75% of our draft picks for us to be like anywhere successful and have a future. If he goes 50, 50, man, we're in a lot of trouble for multiple years. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. I mean, there's obviously a lot of conversation that goes on behind the scenes that we're not privy to. Um, but man, it's very confusing. I don't think I've seen a franchise in such disarray in probably my entire life, to be honest with you. The Browns, I think of the Browns and the Lions when they went winless. I mean, they were in disarray. The Dolphins, we thought they were, and they ended up railing off a couple good wins last year. So. That's probably what's going to happen, man. We're yeah, going to do all this. We're going to win four games and yeah. pick second next year. Yeah. Um, Justin Fields is a good quarterback. Uh, so he's, no, he's no Trevor. All right, so let's move on to our Twitter questions. We do want to get to your opinion and your thoughts. Um, we asked on Twitter, we said, hey, we're on with Joey tonight. We want to hear your opinions. Give us your thoughts on the directions of uh, uh, for the franchise and where they're going. And I want to start with um, some of our newer commenters. Um, just the things they have to say. So we'll start with Ryan C. And he's at Rye0819. He, he basically is saying this team's a dumpster fire. But you can't make s'mores without a fire, I guess. I like that. It's very, very, uh, I don't know. Poetic? Yeah. He says, or something poetic. <laughs> I like it. He says, I'm upset. It's pretty clear they're going for a full rebuild, especially with all these draft picks they're stacking up. Start from scratch. I almost think it's not a dumpster fire at this point. I, th- I thought it was a dumpster fire two weeks ago when it was like, we're keeping the coaches. We're kind of keeping half our players. There was like no real plan, it seemed like. Now it seems like there's a definite plan. I mean, we've got the most draft capital out of any team this year and probably up to the top for next year. And it seems like they have a plan. It's just a matter of they're going to be able to execute on that plan and actually pull in talent. But teams that are in our position are like usually two to three years away from being contenders, like almost always. So... My question to Ryan C, and, and Ryan, I want you to tweet us back and give us your answer, is do you think, A, that this team can turn it around in this rebuild sooner than two or three years? And if they can't, why is this front office rebuilding if they, their jobs aren't there? So, again, kind of what we were talking about earlier, it seems like they're acting like they're new GMs and new coaches that were just hired, but they've been here for nine years they are and and i have to kind of guess and assume at that point that con came in and said hey caldwell your job's safe i don't think he said that to marone he's not going to say that at all but me brought in some fresh talent as coaches i i I don't think that it's i think he has a plan i mean i think he does have a plan marone's out next year maybe we've got a gruden that can step in i mean or he can go get somebody else but i think caldwell stays and that kind of fits into the fact that they are rebuilding they do have a plan, but he's just got to make some good picks, man. I mean, again, if it was me, we go offensive line, we get some every 375 pounder on the freaking draft board, put him in front of Trevor Lawrence and say, dude, you're not going to get hit ever. Come play for the Jags. I like the idea of getting Trevor Lawrence, and I would obviously be ecstatic about that. But is it guaranteed that we can be the worst team? Because it's become hard in the modern NFL day to be the worst team. No, you have to intentionally not. try to lose every single game. And your fans are very unhappy. So are the Jags even capable of losing every single game? Probably because not. They do have Gardner Minshew, who that dude does not go down without a fight. And, and, that, and that's the wild card. Yeah. And I think that that's what's going to, I mean, if, if, but he, if, if he is the guy and you've got that offensive line in front of him, who cares if we get Trevor Lawrence? Because we've got our guy. And we'll be able to tell that this year. So, again, I, go all offense, man, once again. Well, Gage Airy, and he's at Fusion's Sick says it's very obvious they're rebuilding and Doug and Dave are scapegoats for when it blows up. But we have a ton of draft stock and we end up keeping Jan. Then we still have a young, strong front. But I think they're going offense heavy and Jay Gruden will be the next head coach by 2021. 
I could see Gruden being the coach halfway through the year or three quarters or next year easily. But Yan ain't going to be on the team. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, is that all part of the plan? Is this a rebuild with Jay Gruden in, in mind? Why I not? Mean, it's just weird. I mean, it's weird that Caldwell is operating on that level. It just it just seems like that would be really weird. That would be some conversations he would have to have had with Khan about, like, sure. Marone really is a scapegoat, and my guy is Jay Gruden. Well, do you think Jay would have came otherwise? I mean, that makes more sense, too. Why would he come here with the dumpster fire that we were up until a couple weeks ago with no plan and not have any guarantees that he's going to even have an offensive coordinator job next year? Unless yeah. they said, hey, this is what we're doing. You're going to be the coach next year. Marone's going to be the fall guy. And here's our plan. Yeah, I mean, it could have been like writing on the wall, the tea leaves that uh, Gruden just saw, maybe without the conversation that this maybe would be an so. opportunity for me. But who knows? I mean, would Gruden have come here like and thought, "Hey, I can parlay this group into something and like make that into a head coaching job yeah. somewhere else?" I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a good question. Yeah. All right, uh, let's move on to our next comment, and this is from Jet Life Perk seventy six, and he's at Perk Andretti seventy six. He says Jacks Jacksonville played its only hand in tearing down everything in order to rebuild. Bow the need to get rid of the front office next and rebuild will be set to take its course under new management again it seems like everyone has this front office out the door but they're not making decisions that front office people out the door make and, and i think everybody discounts the fact that rebuilding a front office is way harder than rebuilding a lot of other stuff i mean it's way easier to find a good offensive coordinator or a good head coach than it is a good gm i mean there's barely of them out there i mean you got to kind of take a flyer on a guy and in a rebuild, are you going to do that? There's a reason why GM's turnover is really high. I and, mean, and when it is, they go to another team. It, it, yeah, and, and the, it's, you don't see GM stay at teams very long nowadays. And to see Caldwell here for so long and to see him making decisions like it's his first year is just strange to me. I think he's got the keys to the Porsche, man. That would be a weird thing for Khan to do, um, given Khan's background, given Caldwell's background. It just seems like, honestly... They say these guys are like professionals and the best at what they do and that we should rely on their information. But at the same time, like we sat here and said that Ryan Tannehill was a better option at quarterback than Nick Foles was before any of the signings took place. Well, you it, did. I'll give you credit for that. I did not say that. It's not hard. It's not hard. Their jobs, I, I get, I mean, they get a lot of information. They get True. millions and millions of dollars to research and find out information. And we're sitting here saying Tannehill is a way better value pick than Foles. We didn't say that Tannehill was as good as Foles. True, okay. Now but, we think he is. Valid point. But he was a more value pick. So maybe we never find out about Minshew if Foles is here, so maybe it's a blessing in disguise. That's how us, my positive self is going to look at it. But don't sit here and tell me that these guys are experts and we should rely on their decision when they're making decisions that are just boneheaded over and over again. It really is amazing how much the Jags' future relies on a dude in aviators and cut-off jean shorts. Well, he's definitely going to get his chance. He's definitely going to get a shot to make his uh, thoughts there, known. Is there, his any, ability known. is there any doubt he's the starting quarterback next year? No, not okay. at all. I all think right. I think Foles is traded, so I think there's no... All right. there's no, I don't uh, think he's traded, but I still think Minshew's the starting quarterback. Patrick Jackson, and he's at Radius underscore Johansson. PJ. And he says, losing class is a massive gut punch. There are so many holes in the squad. Now it's difficult to see how they fix them all in two seasons. How long do you think they could realistically take? Feels like about 20 years so far. 
Well, if you count the 10 we've had in the you know the past 10 years, yeah, easily. It feels more like 100. It does. It really <laughs> it does. It feels more like 100 years to me. I don't know. I mean, that's the thing about being a new franchise, too, though. I mean, it's not like you have, like, the 49ers or the Steelers or whoever who have, like, a 50, 70-year base to build off of where, like, hey, we've won this many Super Bowls. We were this good in this decade. And, I mean, the Jags don't have that. So the fact that we haven't been good for 10 years is, like, We've been good for half of our existence. That, that stings. PJAC goes on to say, as for the direction of the franchise, and he posts this gif. He does. Will lo- Ferrell. He, he loves Melf. Running in. I'm starting to think Patrick Jackson was a, had a, had a small part in the movie. I think that's like the fourth elf like <laughs> gif he's posted. I'm starting to think that he actually I mean, in the movie somewhere. I, I love him too, but I mean. <laughs> it's a good movie. Yeah. yeah I can't really hate it on <laughs> All right, the Kenny, and he's at K-N-N-T-H-P-3. Great poster, great comments all the time from the Kenny. Shout out to you. He says, future of the Jaguars trending down. I have no idea what they're doing now. Win now is not in the cards. Rebuild, but I'm not very optimistic. I'm actually more hopeful based on what's happened than I was with them like trying to do like a patchwork, make it work keep some guys, get rid of some guys. I, I'm actually more excited about the fact that they're kind of tearing it down and all the draft capital we have, I just don't trust DC to do it. That's the scary part. It'd be one thing if we were getting like massive draft capital for some of these people back. Like, um, I know Ramsey, we got a haul. Um, that really wasn't called well. That was Ramsey. I mean, Ramsey did everything in his power to force himself out of here. Okay, and then we just took advantage of the Rams for being suckers. Calais, we got a a fifth? Do we get a fifth and seventeen million off the hit for a future getting rid of Foles if we have to? But, I mean, but but Calais is one of your best players on your team, dude. He's thirty four. I do. I, I love Calais. He's unbelievable, and he has been. He's been the, one of the best Jaguars ever. But dude, he is going to have to take limited. Do you want to pay seventeen million dollars to a guy who's going to take limited snaps? Probably will get injured and is thirty four. Thirteenth season. Calais Campbell's. We'll we'll play some of his. We'll play a little highlight here on the YouTube. Blaze Campbell is one of the best players on our team. Like I, his age is as of right now. I agree. He's he's a, an all pro at D tackle and at D N on any given play. He's our best run defender. He's our best pass rusher. How regardless many, of what it, you know, people think about Ngakwe. I mean, how many how many six foot eight guys that weigh three fifty to four hundred pounds bodies don't wear down after thirteen seasons? Again, it's something that you don't see very often. But Clay Campbell is like borderline Hall of Famer. I agree. And when you're a borderline Hall of Famer, you play longer than the average NFL player, which he already has. It's fair to say he has already he has already played at a, a more a longer and more effectively than most players do. But he doesn't show any signs of slowing down. Yeah, at the end of the season, he does show signs of slowing down. But I mean, that's any player in the league. That's not just Clayus. I mean, like we just saw a blocked field goal. That's the things Clayus does for you. He doesn't just get after the passer. Oh, he blocks awesome. field goals. That was amazing. Like he does. Everything. He recovers fumbles for touchdowns. I mean, he is the do-it-all guy. He's a locker room guy. I mean, we've heard arguments that, you know, the locker room guys obviously didn't work because we had one of the most undisciplined lockers. Um, so I know, Joey, you're big on a locker room guy. Do you think that Campbell's ability to be a locker room guy is kind of overblown? I think that we've had a lot of issues. So, yes, it has been overblown because if he was a strong leader and they respected him like that, that stuff wouldn't have happened. So I think he was a great Jacksonville guy. I think he was a great face of the franchise, but I don't think his actual team locker room 
dynamic was as strong as everybody thought it was. And you talk about the fact that, yes, I think he's going to go to Baltimore and make another Pro Bowl. We're not looking for next year at this point. It's obvious. After that, dude, I guarantee you in 2021, he'll play half the games in the season because of injury. Baltimore's looking kind of stacked. Baltimore's looking Baltimore. like a Super Bowl contender Baltimore next year. Baltimore is making a run, dude. There, and why wouldn't you? You have yeah, you have you have the setup. That's a perfect guy for somebody, a team that can win the Super Bowl next year. Yeah. Speaking of Baltimore, they did trade Hayden Hurst away um, to the Falcons, and all it took was a fourth round pick. So, would you? That was a second, a fifth, and we got the fifth for Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst uh, was acquired by the Falcons. Yes, I think uh, I thought it was fourth a fourth round pick from the Baltimore Ravens in exchange for a second and a fifth. Oh, yeah, so it was a second and a fifth. Yes. So they had to give up a second. Oof, I wouldn't get him. No, no way. And the yeah. fifth went to us, which, yeah, no, there's no tampering before yesterday, right? How, how is that possible? <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, um, we are going to take a quick break, get a word from our sponsors, and then we are going to come back and we're going to hit the rest of your Twitter comments. And we're also going to take a look at some other moves that happened in the AFC South as far as people being released or traded or signed or anything like that. So hit, uh, hang tight and we will be right back. All right, and welcome back to another Jags podcast. This is episode 110. And Joey, I got to say, once the season starts, we're going to just start a new season and it just was, start over at one. We should. It'd be like it'd be like Netflix, season three, yeah. episode seven. Because I'm losing track. It's I, almost impossible. I uploaded one today, and, and literally at the beginning of every podcast, I'm just saying the wrong number over and over again. Yeah, I've kind so, of been guessing for like 30 episodes. <laughs> been guessing since, it, honestly, since 80. At least. Guessing yeah, since 80. At least. So um, it's going to be on our page as episode 110. So yeah. that's it, if you're looking for it. Should um, we go like Roman numerals? Like, Maybe. Yeah, like right. Super Bowl a little bit? Yeah, that'd be cool. Uh, make sure to follow us on everything. If, you, if you're on the second segment and you haven't followed us on Twitter or on YouTube, go do that right now. Go subscribe to our YouTube. Go follow our Twitter. Um, it helps us. It, it helps us get more um, ad revenue, and it helps us be able to put more episodes out there. It helps me we, keep showing up. Absolutely. Honestly. If it wasn't for the money, Joey wouldn't be here. You know, I'm here for the love. Joey's here for the money. All about it. <laughs> uh, we want to get to more of your Twitter comments. We're talking all about like the direction of the Jags with the news of the Foles and the news of uh, uh, Ngakwe and Clayus Campbell being traded. So it's been interesting. We're trying to kind of figure out what's going on with the front office. Well, and I'm, Before you get to that, though, can we tell them what we talked about in the break where you mentioned the moves, but you were talking about your dance moves and that you were going to bust some of those out on camera? The dance moves. Like you said, you had moves. Huh. I, I think Joey's fabricating his entire story. <laughs> So now you're going to be shot. <laughs> Joey, I mean, I'll dance, but there's got to be music. Right, Isn't that what Denzel Washington said? I don't dance unless there's music. I that's, like it. That's me. Okay. Mo moving on. Um, Patrick Jackson, I like this question. It's about Foles. I want to throw it at you, Joey. Um, he says it's a secondary question because the news just broke about Foles. Under what circumstances would the Jags be rejecting trade offers for Foles? Because honest to goodness, it baffles me at this point. I don't think they're rejecting anything. I mean, honestly, I think that, again, it's kind of some hype. Maybe building for somewhere in the season. I mean, like you said, his agent has to be preparing Foles for not sitting on the bench all season. Maybe another opportunity. Who's making a serious offer right now for his contract? I, I mean, I mean, I saw that the Bears were interested in him and Andy Dalton. 
So is that the level that Foles is on right now? Is he on the Andy Dalton level? Because Andy Dalton's not going to make very much money next year. Well, Andy Dalton's honestly way more consistent than Foles. I mean, you're looking at like, what, eight seasons making it to the playoffs? I mean, yeah, he doesn't yeah, have the Super Bowl. Only he has a playoff win. I get Well, he doesn't. But I mean, I'm just saying, yeah, I think he's probably kind of on that level. I don't think Foles is bad. I think Foles still could be a great quarterback for us, but I don't think he's worth that money. That's the problem. Yeah, I think Foles is actually a decent to good quarterback. He's just not a right fit here. No, he's not. He's we, not. We don't need the boring system guy because we don't have a system. We don't have a system. If we're gonna <laughs> if we're gonna do the boring system guy, we should have gone with a guy like Tyrod Taylor or Ryan Tannehill. Who God, can you love who Tyrod can get Taylor outside the pocket? Yeah, move. you're right. I mean, that's what Gardner Minshew is, and that's he why is. he's you know again that's why he's been successful is because Gardner Minshew is either a better version or a ch- Worst version of Tyrod Taylor. That's really the reality of yeah, it. Yeah, fair enough. Because he made so many plays with his feet last year. We don't win Denver without his feet. No. We don't win in Indy once without his feet. Like it's imperative to our offense right now. Yeah, and I'm, I'm honestly, I'm glad he's getting the chance. That's the type of kid that needs to get the chance because he's put the work in. He's performed. I mean, he's performed better than Kyler Murray and who's the Yahoo in New York? Um, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones. I mean, yeah. dude. You do that as a six-round pick, you deserve a shot. Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. All right, let's move on to uh, the Noah Bennett because his comments are always good too. Um, he says um, about the future of the franchise. After yesterday, it's very hard to imagine that Dave Caldwell isn't back next season. It's a bummer for sure, losing a star player like Calais. But after seeing that DeAndre Hopkins trade, I realize that things could be worse. The Noah, I don't know if you can see it right now, but my hands are up in the air because you're right on point. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you're right on point, but you are definitely close. Nostradamus should be his call sign. <laughs> no, it's good. I mean, I don't know if Calais Campbell can be there, or I don't know if I don't know if Dave Call will be there next year. I don't think he will. I think if he absolutely blows the draft, no, he won't be there. But I think Shad is giving him every opportunity to be there. Yeah, uh, but. There's no, unless you draft a player in the first round, and honestly, you would take a couple. If, unless you draft a couple players in the first round who can come in and win you multiple games next year, there's no way he keeps his job because you don't win more games than you won this year. And if he wins three games, there he's fired, right? You would think so. <laughs> so what do they do with with these first two picks? It's gonna be interesting to see. I I have noticed the trade up. Uh, bandwagon has kind of picked up some steam. Have you noticed that? Yeah, have you your, noticed that? It's your, it's your boy at Ohio State, right? Have you noticed since we started talking about that a couple weeks ago, it's picked up steam to trade up. And well, look, you could see a Chase Young trade up. You could see a Burrow trade up. Or my preference, an Isaiah Simmons trade up. Dude, if they trade up for any three of those guys, I would be perfectly fine for it. I mean, yeah. Do you really see Cincinnati not taking Burrows, though? I think they do, but I mean, who knows what they're thinking as far as draft capital, whether they get in return. Maybe the Jags trade up their first two first round picks and then their two picks next year for Joe Burrow. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot. But you would know it what? be a bad call, though? I think it would be a bad call because you really? can get a lot of value with four first round picks, but Joe Burrow could be the next Peyton Manning. So, yeah, I mean, we could get like. Would you trade? This is a question. For Jags Twitter, and I want to hear their response. And I noticed that someone put out a a Final Four bracket or a, a tournament bracket of 64 Jags Twitter um, people. 
like a little a little fancy bracket. Oh, were you, you were in it, that, I hope. I noticed that that are that we're not in it. Ooh, I wouldn't say we because that's all you and you. It's kind destroy, of slap in the face. You destroy it. That is a huge slap in because the face. there's people on there with like way less followers and way less influence. So that's like a uh, one of those. Have you seen the slap contest where people get knocked out? Yes, that's that the, is a slap contest. Yeah. Slap in the face. Yeah, and, and I would feel bad and I did at first, but then I was like, who do I? What do I really care? Yeah, and I moved point. on quickly because I'm a mature adult. And good I don't point. Get, I don't get caught up on things like that. Mike Wilbraham and he's at Yorkshire Jags. He says, look, I was all on the train of, yes, moving cap off the books, but also changing the culture away from relieving 2017 team every year. Calais, though, is a real leader, and I'm sure his value was more than production on the field. I wonder now, who are the guys to step up? So, Joey. <laughs> that's a great question. We love the, I mean, this is why we go to Twitter. No, that, that, that's a really good this question. Is it. So, Joey, who steps up? Who on this team steps up? It's, it's going to be Linder and Miles Jack, man. Jeez. Dude, Lind Jeez. Linder is... I like couldn't think of a, a, a less stable answer than those two people. Really? I mean, Linder's good, but he fe I feel like he could have been cut this year and everyone been like understandable. I'm not saying good. I'm talking about locker room guys. That was the question, correct? Yeah. yeah. We're talking about on the field. I mean, I don't think Linder's the greatest center in the world, but he does have the respect of the team at this point. They do kind of rally around him. He seems like he's a pretty fun guy off the field. I think the players respect him. So I think he is the offensive leader, and Miles Jack has to be the defensive leader. There's no, there's no question. He absolutely has to be. I'll give you two names. That it's the, this is the right answer. <laughs> the two guys that are set up, I'll give you one on offense, one on defense. Number one, one on offense. Yeah, we're talking about locker room leadership, not on-the-field play. Absolutely. Okay. Now, and, and to be honest, to preface my response, I think it's a little bit of both. I think you have to be able to perform on the field, and you have to be able to lead in the locker room. One without the other is pretty much non-existent. Well, okay. Okay. Offense. Gardner Minshew. I think Gardner Minshew steps up this year. I think he takes that locker. I mean, when you're a rookie, you're a little hesitant to do that. When sure. you're a second-year player, you yeah. can grab the team by the bootstraps. Let's go, Gardner Minshew, and he's going to lead this That'd team on That'd be freaking awesome. And on defense, here's a name you're not expecting. Ronnie Harrison. I think Ronnie Harrison becomes the mm. captain. I think he becomes the, the leader. I know he hasn't been in the league very long, but I, the guy, and you talk to coaches, and you talk to scouts, and you talk to people that are in the locker room, and they all talk about how there's something a little bit different about Ronnie Harrison in the locker room. And they all talk about how he's a leader, a team leader guy. That's a guy to look out for. He's going to be on the way up as far as a team captain, and I'm okay with that. I was a big Ronnie Harrison fan when we get drafted him. I feel like he's been played out of position most of his career due to the fact that he's kind of a hybrid between the two safety spots, which is pretty rare. But if used correctly, it could be dynamic the way that Derwin James is. Yep, I will actually defer to Jason on this one. Don't do that often. Ooh, but I wow. think Ronnie Harrison, well, he's the one that led the league in a team in tackles last year, right? I think so, yeah. Okay, so I could 100% see that. The guy is obviously, he's not the most gifted talent-wise, but he's obviously had to work hard to be where he's at every step of the way, and that builds the character of a leader. So, yeah. All right, this is our last comment about the future of the Jags franchise. Then we'll talk a little bit about what else happened in the AFC South. This is from Jason Rat, and he's at Rat HCP. He says he didn't expect a full rebuild like this, and that we should have fired Doug and Dave and had a new regime do the rebuild. Losing Calais does hurt. He adds. Do you think, Joey, that the Jags and Con should have fired Doug and Dave and had a new regime do all of this? I don't think that would have been possible. Who are you going to get that's any good to come to the Jags to do that? I think you could even. Take a flyer on a guy, take an assistant somewhere that's proved with a proven track to record. To rebuild your whole team? I mean, 
if they would have brought in Tony Khan and said he's the new GM, you'd be skeptical, but you'd be okay with it. I would. Because it's hard to be worse than Dave Caldwell. Not evaluating talent and not drafting, but re-signing. He's been terrible. He uh, Building a team, which is what a GM is. Look, a GM's job is to evaluate talent and bring people in. But a GM's duty is to build a team, and he hasn't built a team. He hasn't. But the problem with that is, have you seen how well Tony Khan's wrestling thing is? <laughs> is it I, doing well? I'm not joking. I have no clue. I like, don't wrestling what you do. Like, I mean, they obviously don't, like, compete with WWE at this point, or WWF, I can't remember which it is. But, dude, they have, like, legitimate people showing up, legitimate talent. That's where his focus is, man. I mean, the dude's making bank off that. Uh, I don't think he wants the job. Yeah, I that's that's a good point. You know, some people are just happy with that. Um, let's move into some AFC South talk here. Uh, the biggest news probably coming from DeAndre Hopkins and the Texans, who in a surprise move today traded DeAndre Hopkins to the Arizona Cardinals. It's insane. There has got to be some underlying issues there. There's got to be some disagreements somewhere. There's well, no way that you just go out there and you trade. One of your best players. There's lots. Apparently, Bill O'Brien and him hate each other, and Bill O'Brien is a complete a bleephole. Right. And when you make that guy the coach and GM, he can make that call. But I mean, from a player standpoint, I mean, he's top two, three wide receivers in the league. Straight up stupid, man. I think they polled a bunch of players, and like most of them said DeAndre Hopkins was like the best wide receiver in the league. And he's a, and he's an awesome guy. I mean, like just because you don't get along with him, I mean. Yeah, he pouts a little bit on the field, but at least he doesn't like pitch a hissy fit like Odell and like stomp off. I don't know. As far as diva wide receivers that are awesome go, I mean, I'd I'd take that guy nine out of ten times. They traded him, and I know they wouldn't trade him to a in conference team or an in, a division a, an in division team. But man, a second round pick for that guy? Oh, he's definitely a first round pick Gosh, in man. exchange. There's got to be something there, dude. He's got to have coronavirus. Something, <laughs> something. You don't that you don't. He's not a. He's a premier player. Yeah. You're telling me Brandon Cooks has been traded for a first round pick twice, and this guy goes for a second. That's a great point. I don't get it, man. Like, what is going on? There had to be some underlying things here. D Hop had to say, "I'm not." Look, maybe maybe DeAndre Hopkins said, "I'm not re-signing here." Maybe it's and, on, yeah, maybe it's on his side of things. Yeah, and then you know what? You maximize him by trading him now. And if news came out he wasn't going to resign, his value would plummet, um, similar to the way that Ngakwe's probably has. And so I think they just maybe he might have been getting out in front of it, but uh, very very surprising. But I can't say that I'm disappointed that he's leaving the AFC South. Oh, heck no! And I'm glad he's going up against Jalen again. That's yeah, awesome. Jalen's tweet today was was amazing, and uh, I mean. Kyler Murray's going to be doing like backflips across his living room at the oh moment, too. I gosh, mean, are you kidding yeah. me? Like, talk about a Christmas present. Yeah. Well, let's just stay on Houston. They added David Johnson. Does that do anything for you? Does no, I mean, the guy's been injured like 8,000 years straight. I mean, yeah. I he's mean, a stud, but too many miles on the tires. I mean, that's your classic running back for you. You know, you're a pro yep. bowler one year and then you're a bum the rest of your career. And unfortunately, that's how the running back position goes. We've seen it all too many times. Hopefully, it doesn't happen with Lenny, but you never know. Um, how about the Colts? This is probably the next biggest splash in the AFC South. The Colts added DeForest Buckner from the 49ers, who's a defensive end, um, was drafted, I think, really high. I want to say three or five or something. Yeah. Maybe somewhere He's, up there. They drafted real high. He had eight sacks last year. His PFF grade was a 78.8. He was probably on the level of Ngakwe. Maybe, maybe, you know, I think they're actually the same age. So 
Look, I mean, he was like garbage in college, but I mean, he know. definitely wasn't garbage in college. I mean, he was, he was, he was, <laughs> he was pretty good at Stanford. But the interesting thing, I thought he played for Florida State. No, no, Forrest Buckner, he played at Stanford. Okay, all right, take that comment back then. The in- sorry. The interesting thing about um this trade is that the 49ers chose Arik Armstead over to Forrest Buckner. Basically, they had a decision. Arik Armstead is a little bit older; he's 28, and he got paid. I want to say like $88 million. I want to say five years, $88 million. Like to me, that sounds like a number that in, in the Ngakwe ballpark. And that's what I, like we all were like, okay, if, yeah. if Arik Armstead is worth that, and he was chosen over Buckner, who's pretty good, and Yannick's age. And have similar numbers. Using the transitive property, which rarely works in sports, we could say Ngakwe is worth about $88 million right now at the market value. Not according to Jan. Going out going to yawn, or is that someone trying to price himself out of the city? Absolutely, Which brings me he back wants to, to be gone. Point. But the good news out of this is what they get a first round pick for him. For who? For Buckner. Forrest Buckner. Did he go for a first round pick? I'm pretty sure. If let's see here, um, I I don't see what uh I no. don't see it. We'll have to look that up and get back yeah, to you guys. Yeah, it's true. I don't see it on here. It's uh, it was a sign and trade. It looks like. Um, he had 19 and a half sacks over the last two years. Solid. Um, but not extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Jason Pierre-Paul went for two years, 27 million. Now he's older. He's 31. He's only got like um, eight fingers. But the, <laughs> the value for these DNs, okay, Shaq Lawson, three years, 30 million. Another D lineman right there. I think uh, the point is like with it all, the good thing to us is John's not going to be here, but we are going to get something substantial for him. Um, and I think that's a good thing. If you don't want to play here, I don't want you playing here. And John's been a great guy. He's given us everything he can on the field. He's been a good locker room guy. But if you don't want to be here anymore, man, don't force somebody to be here. It's done. Cut the cord and move on. Yeah, I mean, I think we all love Jan, and but we're starting, Jags fans are starting to realize that he wasn't worth what he was asking. And it took Jaguar fans a while to get there. It really, really did because we were so hurt from everything. And we just wanted to be hurt by this, but looking at the numbers, now that we have tangible numbers to look at, it's kind of backing up everything we've been saying all along, which is that he was intentionally pricing himself out of Jacksonville. Yeah. So, good riddance. Hate to see you leave. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. No, probably a five-time Pro Bowler and exactly. you know, 15 sacks a year going forward, but you know what? That happens. And you know what? Josh Allen is better. He's, he's yawning and, better. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, um, I'll take it. Um, other news out of the AFC South, Marcus Mariota, one-time Jaguar killer, um, was signed by the Raiders. Good fit? <laughs> yeah, I Great mean, fit. <laughs> John Green loves his quarterbacks, man. I mean, stockpile those above-average quarterbacks and go from there. I mean, uh, it, honestly, yeah, who cares? Yeah, that's just interesting. Yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. I'm not saying from, like, don't it's bring AFC it up standpoint. South I mean, news, yeah. Joey. All right, how about a guy close to home, Derek Henry. He's from uh, Duval County. Barely, but he's, he is. Uh, got franchise tagged. First game of the season next year, if I was Derrick Henry, I would run at somebody, go to stiff arm, and just fall over backwards. Yeah, I would... Running backs just have it tough, man. Dude, but his year last year, dude, he like carried the team on his back, sweat and blood, just destroying people, and you give Tannehill the contract, and you franchise him? I'd be so bad. I mean, led... Did he lead the league the in league rushing? rushing. Imagine leading the league in rushing yards, 16 touchdowns on the ground, and you can't get your team to give you Dude, an extension. I, yeah. I, I wouldn't, sh- I mean, 
I don't know. It's tough to say I wouldn't show up because what? What's the franchise tag? Like twenty million for running back, eighteen something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's probably up there. But so I mean, you, that's a lot of quiche. But, but like talking about David Johnson, you're one year away from being irrelevant. Yeah. So I mean, am I going to risk injury for the team anymore? Heck no. That's a good point. You know what I would do if I was Derrick Henry? I would take the year off. Um, I would. No, I mean, I would, I would play, like you said. I would, sure, I would, exactly. I would take the year off, but I mean, I would, I would take snaps. I would just fake oh, yeah. an injury or something. I, I'm like going to be at the facility. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I would have this, a, a lingering back injury or something like that. And I would convert myself to a, to a wide receiver, a slot wide receiver. <laughs> and I, you know what? I'm Derrick Henry, or, you know, and I'm like, you know what? I'm a wide receiver now. I'm going to line up right here, throw me the ball at the line of scrimmage, and I'm going to run it. <laughs> And you know what? He gets paid a lot of money. You must trying to tackle him over the yeah, middle. You know what? There it is. There it is. You've you've changed your position. You now get a long term deal. There You're it is. Have like middle linebackers dropping yeah. by to coverage every play. You know what's funny about Derrick Henry is um interesting thing about him is um he uh coming out of high school a lot of schools wouldn't offer him as a running back. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean uh they wanted him to play linebacker. No, I so, can see that. I mean, he was obviously wanted by everyone. If Alabama sure. offers you, but initially, like was, I followed him the years before he was kind of getting all the attention of dude, being he looks a running like back. Ray Lewis, a running back. Yeah, I mean. they wanted him to play linebacker. That happens a lot. James Wilder Jr., another guy, a Florida State fans may remember. Um, maybe he should play linebacker because he didn't have a very long career in the NFL. That's pretty much it for the AFC South talk. Um, this early, right now, it's hard to know. Pre-draft, just. For us to kind of reflect on later, who, which team are you most afraid of right now in the AFC South? Colts. Even though they're quarterbackless, they're not quarterbackless. I mean, I, I, you I think they're gonna are they gonna add a are they gonna add a quarterback? Of course, they'll add somebody. But I mean, I would have said the Texans until they traded away Hopkins. I mean, they traded away one of their best three players, if not their best top two player. I mean. It doesn't make any sense. And I mean, what else? You got Tennessee. I mean, I guess Tennessee's looking. They are. I, I think. I think that. Look, I was a big Tannehill proponent, but only because of his value. Now that he's valued at whatever his contract is, eighty-eight, whatever it is, one one eighteen, whatever. I think now he's been overvalued, and I think the Titans screwed up royally. I do too, and I think exactly what we just talked about, the dynamic between him and Henry. I mean, Henry was the heart of the team. It wasn't Tannehill. You paid the guy who wasn't the heart of the team. That's going to create some stuff, man. I mean, I, I don't see them being able to do what they did last year. So, it's not the Jags that are the best in the division. I mean, it's got to be the Colts, right? A, a f- interesting thought experiment for the Titans would be um, in an alternate universe. They could have had Tom Brady at two years, $50 million. Franchise, or Fran- uh, actually pay. No, they could have franchised Derrick Henry. Yeah, and, it- and they could have gone into next season with Tom Brady instead of Tannehill and 40 to $50 million to spend in cap room. And think about it. At that point, if you're Derrick Henry, you can't be mad about that because you just brought the goat in. And you could have brought, I mean, because Titans have n- they've never had a receiver that scares you. They've Do you really think that. Tom Brady would have gone to the Titans, though? Yeah, I mean, he talked about it as a team that he wanted to go to. I mean, Tom Brady's suitors are starting to fall off, and the Titans were one of them because of the coach. Uh, their head coach has a lot of experience. Oh, uh, that's a good point. Brady. Forgot about so, that. I mean, I think, and I think he, that would be a spot that he would have gone to. So, interesting choice by the Titans. Um, we'll, it's Mike Vrabel. We'll see what happens with that decision to extend Tannehill. I don't know if that was a great idea. And I like Tannehill. That's a lot of money. A lot of money. A lot of money. All right, let's going to wrap up our episode 110. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for all your Twitter 
comments. Hey, you can um, comment on YouTube. We haven't done a very good job of bringing in the YouTube comments, but we will next week. So if you give us a comment on YouTube, then we will for sure uh, talk about it. We'll bring it on because we've been having some good stuff. Most of the comments have really just been like, hey, good job. This is great. We love watching. Which We're not going to bring that up. Love that. that. sounds arrogant. So um, we appreciate all the views. Support our sponsors. Joey, we, I appreciate you being here tonight. Oh, love it, man. Just, and guys, with nothing else going on, tell somebody about the podcast. Like, say, hey, you know what? We can't watch sports, but I love this podcast. The more, the better, man. Let's bring them in. More comments. More fun. Let's get on the Jags Twitter 64 round. Go on there if you see it coming up and, and, and comment. Jason said he's over it, but he's not. I'm not over it. He shouldn't be because he, he destroys Twitter. Right. So if, if you're a fan of the podcast, go on there and be like, hey, where's another Jags podcast? Yeah. Like, it seems a little odd because they predict things all the time and their takes are always spot on. And their content's way better. <laughs> and they're not on here. I'm uh, just kidding. Uh, we love everybody. Thanks to guys so much for watching. Appreciate it. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Um, we'll be back next week with more information and your comments and thoughts. And as always, go Jags. Go Jags. Go Jags.